Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Buddhist Center podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Chandra Dasa, and I am delighted to be coming to you from the Lending Library at Adistana Retreat Center, very important part of the Trinidad Buddhist community worldwide here in lovely rural Herefordshire in England. I didn't actually know they had a lending library, so I'm, I'm really pleased that we're in the lending library. My wife is a librarian, and it's delightful that people come here and just take out books, some of which were probably in Sangharakshita. His extended collection, Urgyen Sangharakshita, was the founder of our community, and he lived the last years of his life in this place. So it feels a very auspicious room to be gathering. We're coming to you from the Tri Ratna International Council which happens more or less every couple of years in person when there's not a pandemic. And this is the first in-person gathering since the pandemic, and it's delightful to see people again, some old friends, some new friends. And we're just going to have a conversation today about the International Council, what it is, what it does, and in a way, what it will be going forward. It's 11 years old, I think, something around that. And the next 10 years, I guess, have been something we've been really looking at this week, trying to clarify what do we think the Triatna Buddhist community needs for the next 10 years in all its aspects. So I'm going to go round and introduce my guests. We'll begin with Dharmachari Artavadan, who is the convener of the International Council. Welcome, Artavadan. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Where are you from, Artavadan? I'm from Liverpool, England. Thank you for coming. On your right, we have... Sadaruchi from Mexico. And on Sadaruchi's right, we have... Niana Dara from New Zealand, currently living in Ireland. And you are here because you are... The International Movement Coordinator. Wow, which is a new post. We'll probably hear more about that later. And on your right, we have the wonderful... Jaya Davy from Manchester in the UK. And last but definitely not least... Nagaketu from Nagpur, India. So one of the things we've been doing all week together is, in a way, just being together, getting used to each other again in person. And also, you can tell just from listening to the guest list, we have people from different continents, from different countries, bringing together very different perspectives on what it is we're doing as Buddhists, full-time Buddhists, living a Buddhist life, trying to work out what that looks like in the not early 21st century. Where are we? We're sort of... Early mid. Early mid. Good, I like that. Early <laughs> mid 20th century. So Artaban, let's start with you. This was your first in-person meeting as convener. Mm-hmm. In a way, there's probably quite a lot of pressure to convene something this big and get it right. And I would say that you have done a beautiful job of convening. Well, yes, it is my first in-person meeting, but I've convened a couple of meetings online, which have gone very well. I wasn't sure how this meeting would go because we're actually reviewing the International Council. As you correctly said, it's been in existence 11 years or over 10 years anyway. We're supposed to review every two years. That hasn't been done, so we've done it this time round. And my fear was that this would be a really boring meeting because it's a review. <laughs> now, nobody's going to tell you it was a really boring meeting, are they? <laughs> but it really wasn't, folks. It was not a really boring meeting. What would you say the purposes of the meeting, now that you've had it, in a way? Mm-hmm. Have you got the same sense as you had at the start, or has it amended any since you began? I think I fulfilled the intention, or we together have fulfilled the intention of the meeting. And it was genuinely to look at the International Council. What is its purpose? What is it trying to achieve? We came up with some new strategic priorities to point us towards what we're trying to do and help us guide us and, and the tree runner community. And also to look at how we work together as an International Council, our processes. I wanted to look at them because things have changed since the beginning of the International Council. 11 or so years ago, and we needed to reflect those changes in, in our working arrangements. It's a sort of constitution, if you like. 
Yeah. So sometimes we hear from other people who care about what happens in Shuratna that they don't really know what the International Council is. They don't understand it. And it's my sense this week that you've done some really great work in helping clarify that for people. I'm interested in maybe some of the other guests from different places could say, why is it it matters to you to be in the International Council? And when you take this back home, are you confident in the work we've done that you'll be able to communicate that and share it with people? Well, for me, it has been very interesting. This is my first in-person meeting, although I was in the Zoom one, I think it was last year, I don't remember. But I had not a clear idea what it was about. So for me, it has been very clarifying and what the International Council is. And I am very looking forward to taking that to Mexico. Because sometimes you get the impression that things happen just randomly in terms of Truradna, but there is a whole group of people taking care of our the order, the movement, and the principles. Yeah. And doing that in a very sort of consensual way, it's very interesting to be in a structure where there really isn't any power. Mm. It's all the, the sense of relationship between people based on trust, but that moving towards effective decision-making and even some sort of guiding set of directions or principles. You were in the Spanish language podcast that we did yesterday. Uh, what, what emerged from that? What were the concerns as they got expressed in Spanish? Well, we talked about the priorities more or less. Well, I have to say that Arthur Batting has done a great job. The good thing is that we got to get together our realities, no? and sometimes we don't understand it very well. We talked about the priorities, talking about leadership, how important it is, and also we talking about internationality. And Nagakitu in India, it must be quite a, a thing to come here and then have a sense of these priorities are worldwide. But when you go back to India with them, do you have a sense that people understand the International Council, that they value this kind of meeting where it's everyone from everywhere trying to come up with a set of direction? Well, definitely. As you said, we have an international movement and it's been really fulfilling to come here and connect with people from different uh, parts of the world and listen to their experiences, their guidance, and being together with responsible people and just have more interaction with them, it's really uh, helpful. And it's been a learning experience for me as well. I mean, I've been attending this meeting from the very first, except in, in the middle I missed some. But I see this meeting has been growing through time. Day by day, it's really very fruitful, engaging, informative, and Arthavardin is really doing a, a great job. Can you give a sense of the difference between the very first one and now this more mature version of the International Council? Yeah, definitely. In the beginning, we spend more time on our guiding principles and the, we try to create the structure. But in a way, now I see this meeting is giving guidance throughout the Triratna community, what could be done in coming years. Jaya Devi, this is, I think, your first in-person meeting, but not your first meeting. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's right, yeah. yeah. What have you made of it? What's been the takeaway for you from a week of being here with all these beings? The strategic priorities are just going to be very valuable. I think that's mainly what I will take back to the group of people who I represent, the upper regional order conveners. Because I asked the regional order conveners basically what their priorities were. And I got lists and lists and lists. And what I now need to do is to look at our priorities and see how they kind of tie in with everybody's. But I think basically we're going to be fine prioritising the things that people think need to happen and to just let people know that they are here and we are going to do them. They are part of our strategy and we'll be 
employing them going forward. I think it's going to be quite valuable. And do you expect people will receive that with confidence when you express it to them, what it's been like to be part of that process? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, I don't think I'd even question that. These are my sisters in the order, so yes. Great. Yeah, anything I say, I think they'll have confidence in. Yay, that's good. I suppose we should explain the strands thing. So if you if you don't know anything about this, basically you've got people working in different areas of our Buddhist community worldwide. You've got some people who are responsible for ordinations, who's in the order, very occasionally who's not in the order. You've got people in the sort of wide body of order members who are taking part in unfolding every day the life of our community, the life of Dharma practitioners. And then you've got people running Buddhist centres and working in our institutions who constitute a worldwide movement. And Nyanadara, you are the fiercely wonderful office holder of a brand new office which is designed to try and bring together that network of people working worldwide through what we call the movement. How's it been as your first big gig with your hat on to come to this International Council? I've really enjoyed it. Partly it's just been lovely to see people in the flesh who I've only seen on my computer screen for the last two and a half years, maybe. So that's just been a real pleasure. And it's probably worth saying that I was working within the International Council. I think I've been involved in it for six years before I took on this post. So I was working as the chair of a Buddha centre that we have in Dublin, in Ireland. So I was doing this kind of sideline to my main work, which is working for the Buddha centre. So I always felt that we could have done a lot more if we had more people. And so now it feels like I'm able to do some of the things I could see needed to be done but didn't have the time to do before now. So this used to be a side hustle and now it's your main thing. That's right, yeah. So it's a real pleasure actually because the role is open. So what I'm trying to do at the moment is figure out what would be the best thing to do. So there's a lot of things I could do, but trying to really figure out what is the best thing for this moment. So it's involving a lot of talking to as many people as possible around the movement to try and just clarify what the central issues are, what are, what are people talking about, what are the challenges, and also what are the opportunities that could arise if there's more coordination between our Buddha centres worldwide. It just occurred to me that it's going to be really helpful to you coming back in a way and bringing back all that data all through the year in between these meetings and making sure that we've got a really broad awareness of the movement that exists. What, what I noticed before we had this role of International Movement Coordinator is we'll be sitting in a steering group. So the steering group is a group of, I think there's seven or eight of us. Most of us have international roles within the structure of the Triwana Buddhist community. So chair of the College of Public Preceptors who are responsible for the nations, order conveners who are responsible for the order. So we get together and often what would be required, someone would ask, well, what would be the movement strand? In other words, what would be the perspective from our Buddhist centres? What would this issue that we're talking about mean for Buddhist centres? And nobody could say because there was nobody in the room who had that kind of perspective. So that's part of you know, what I'm trying to do is develop a perspective. It's quite a big ask on our whole Buddhist community worldwide. I mean, when I say worldwide, it's not like we have Buddhist centres in every country in the world. We're in six areas of the world, so it's not as big as it sounds. Again, part of my role is to see what we can do in terms of growing our Buddhist community so we have a, a wider reach. So we, we are reaching communities and countries and different kinds of people in different places. That's a function of what I'm trying to do, is to develop Triratna, yeah. So if you've been following on the Buddhist Centre Online, we've been posting from the International Council. And it was quite challenging at first because we thought nobody wants to watch Instagram reels of people having a meeting. And the word meeting itself seems almost like the wrong word because it feels very much like a practice being here, a collective practice. And I know, Artaban, that's an important aspect for you. So we've been posting some of the clips of meditation and mantra chanting and just communal practice that goes on. Why do you think it really matters that this isn't just an administrative 
really effective way at organising stuff that needs organising. Well, I hope it is an effective way of just organising, and I hope it's more than that. Yeah. I mean, everybody who is here has a significant responsibility within the tree runner community. So effectively, they're responsibility holders, and that is a Buddhist path if you approach it with the right mental attitude of, I'm doing this not for myself, but for the community that I'm serving. So it's a selfless practice at its best. You know, Buddhism is significantly concerned with seeing through the impermanent and unsubstantial nature of the self. And by going beyond yourself through serving something larger than yourself, such as our community and the Dharma, then it, it can legitimately be seen as a spiritual practice. Mm. Debbie, did you connect with that aspect of it this week? What was your favourite bit, if there was one? I mean, I was just thinking about four o'clock on Sunday afternoon when it was raining and raining and we were going through this document line by line, I was reminding myself of the spiritual practice element because it it was challenging and it has been challenging. My favourite bit's been meeting everybody and just hearing bits and pieces about life in other areas. I think I will go home and be thinking, oh yeah, there's this and there's that. How interesting and how things operate in different parts of the world and how things come together, how we can all sit in the same room and be together and be practising together, even though our lives and our places of work and our situations are so very different. Nagakita, I've got some memories coming up now of sitting in Badger Retreat Centre in your beautiful shrine room there in India and just that sense of us practising together being almost the whole point of the meeting. If we'd done no business, it would still have been really great. We did a lot of business very effectively, but how does that seem to you now, some years later when we're here, how important is the practice element for your sense of this work? Well, it is very important because it is an expression of our practice. And I really like this meeting that we just don't focus on the business issue, even though there are some spiritual element on which we reflect upon. There is a strong base of meditation practice and devotional practices we do. And even meeting everybody in a deeper sense, it's really gives some inspiration for undertaking uh, different things to perform in the world. Sadrichi, was this an aspect of it you were expecting? Was the degree of emphasis on spiritual practice? And before every single session, we had either a session of reflection and meditation or mantra chanting. I did not really what to expect being here, of course. I would think that there would be part of practicing in here, not just meetings. I couldn't even imagine how deep it was. A highlight for me was the cultural night. Yes. I have to say that to see everyone in a very different perspective, singing, dancing, telling jokes, and Mm -hmm. representing something, I felt really, really moved. Mm -hmm. So I have to thank everyone who was there for that. At the beginning of the meeting, for me, it was very important to meet in person people that I have been having meetings with. Jaya Devi, for example, is in my in my meetings. But also to see a deeper... A different side. A different yeah, side of the, the person. So I am very up. grateful yeah. for you organizing mm. that. Yeah, and part of the reason I like it is maybe it's our culture or the way that we think, but we often think in terms of output. So we think, what did we achieve in this meeting? We think, well, we produced this document or that document. But I think given the fact that we're a spiritual community and we're trying to develop spiritual community, part of what we're doing is witnessing each other at a deep level. So we're seeing that every single individual here 
is in a very profound sense doing what we're doing. And it's something that's going on because we're human beings, not because we happen to live in this country or grow up in that country or part of that socioeconomic group. There's something very, very fundamental. And for us to witness that and acknowledge that, we create a culture where that's part of the way that we communicate and the way that we interact throughout our whole community. So I think there's a sort of intangible part of the work which isn't about the document. It's about the conversation that we have about the document and the way that happens and also about listening to somebody sing a song or we had an epic poem from Finland, which was yeah. fascinating to hear mm-hmm. about. We heard the story of the poem in English, and, and then we heard the sound of the Finnish language, which mm-hmm. was just fascinating. I think something else I'd like to add to that, which is on the cultural evening, we saw, as you said, Sir Richie, other sides of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy when we're doing business to treat each other like business colleagues. Mm-hmm. Whereas... You know, we're here because it's a vocation for us. And that means we're bringing the whole of ourselves into our work. And it's just wonderful to see those bits of ourselves that are not about creating documents or policy or guidelines, that sort of thing. Just seeing more of each other, which I think encourages and engenders trust between us because we see the more of each other's lives. And Nagakita, you were one of the stars of the cultural (laughs) evening. We posted the song that you sang with your sisters and brothers from India, which was one of my favourite bits of the meeting. You actually talked about it as you made an offering to the International Council. And it was very uplifting. Mm -hmm. In our community, we make a lot of the idea of friendship as a practice. Mm. To me, that evening definitely felt like the crystallisation of friendship or something that went beyond just us as individuals doing a particular job. As Indian, we always love doing cultural things and singing song or dancing or doing devotional things. So it was really nice to listen to people from different part of the world and expressing their culture, their language. It's a kind of different levels of connectivity with each other. Everybody may not participate in, in fully, but in cultural evening that really came out very well. And in a way, a kind of learning experience about other culture as well. Mm. Yeah, Dara, I was just thinking, you said something to me this morning when we were talking about in Maori culture, you make a speech and then you sing a song. And you said in our community, we just tend to make a speech. I thought that was really beautiful in sense of like something we could develop more of. And that cultural evening seemed to be leaning into that. There's different ways of saying things. For example, a Bayadana, a Dhammacharani from India, did an extremely affecting piece about caste violence in India. And she could have talked about that, but it wouldn't have had the same impact of actually enacting it. And it, it brought something across with an impact and a force that just talking about it wouldn't have. Mm. So I suppose that's what I'm talking about. And also there's something about processing. So you hear stuff and we need ways of processing and integrating what we've heard. And I think music and song and poetry and ritual, all those things help us to do that. That touches to your heart. It doesn't go to your intellectual. Mm. So you just give a different kind of response to any kind of art. Mm. So that is also a very important thing. I noticed with the Bayadana, I was watching and I was really enjoying the evening. It was really lovely and very inspiring. Then she did a dramatic monologue where she played all the parts. And it began with her playing a shocking role of somebody being subjected to caste violence. It really shocked me. Like I really noticed Mm. the shock. I know that that happens. But something about watching her embody that and sort of re-experience that was so affecting and it it didn't feel out of place but it really made me sit up I thought oh I was just getting comfortable (laughs) and actually this is I'm not supposed to be that comfortable I was even in tears when I was playing and at first I could see how I started seeing it like 
probably judging a bit but as you were saying it's that is the key thing that it touches something from you that mm. probably words wouldn't wouldn't do it and it's an expression of how we are here with our whole selves yes. working for something bigger than us no it's we're not just a group of people like as you were saying writing a paper or something we are here trying to serve the dharma and also actually have an impact on the way that people live around the world beyond the confines of our community We expressly want to change the world. I mean, it might sound old-fashioned, but actually that's one of the things I deeply appreciate about hearing from people and being with people from our community in India, that that's so alive, that aspect of the Dharma, that intrinsic aspect of the Dharma about transforming the world that we live in. Yeah, I guess sometimes as Buddhists, we deliberately withdraw to some degree from the world in order to practice and to establish a changed perspective. But I think you're dead right about if we don't engage with the culture, We're not going to change the world because the world is going on. The International Council is almost like, for me, is a bit of a sustained meditation on that huge spiritual problem about you're trying to change yourself and you're trying to change the world. How do you do that? What does that even mean? And I really like the feeling of being involved in something which reaches out to the different corners of our Buddhist community. Not to all corners of the world, but to quite a few corners of the world. So you feel like what you're doing individually is connected in a meaningful way with all the different paths. Often people think about the International Council in terms of people coming from different parts of the world or different parts of Tri Ratna to get together and make decisions. But I think there is something more than that, and this is why us engaging in spiritual practice together is really important in this. When we're together and we experience a sense of friendship and common purpose and shared ideals, something else does arise, I think, in that context. What you take back to your areas of the world or your parts of the movement is not just policy or papers or guidance. It is the spirit of what it means to practice together, you know, in, in, in a way that's effective. And that sense of being connected and being part of something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. I know the Atriratna Order has as its myth the thousand-armed Avalokiteshra, this bodhisattva that has a thousand arms reaching out in all directions, serving the world in, in so many different ways. But I think the International Council's purpose is that. We come together, we come up with some ideas and some guidance that we all agree on and it fits with our ideals, and then we take that back out into the world as best we possibly can. I guess one other aspect of that is we are also containing space where the difficulty can be there. Because it's not that we just sit around and idealise for a week and then go home feeling you know good about it. There's a lot of holding of difficulty, some of which isn't resolved immediately. But it's almost like you're finding another level at which you can relate to each other. Because mm-hmm. if, if all you have is the disagreement or the grit of everyday life, that's not actually going to inspire change for mm-hmm. people. I agree. And my experience here is that people trust each other enough to know that the conversation and the process will achieve results. And so my experience this week has been that there haven't been any bun fights or, t- <laughs> or significant tensions. People have heard each other and been willing to work together to achieve a result that works for everybody. I suppose the bit that's on my mind right now is where do we go from here? We've just done this big reassessment of the whole point of this, including is there a point of this? This Is is this something that we need? I think we've answered yes quite resoundingly. But it's been really great in a way to go into that level of detail about just checking that we're not just phoning it in with this structure, that it's doing something. Artavadan, your job is quite an important one here because not only are you convening on the way into the meeting, you're convening on the way out of the meeting and helping with a bunch of other people on the steering group and on the development team 
turn these lofty ideals, excellent articulations of practice into something that really might change the world or Mm -hmm. help people change their lives. So are you feeling satisfied with the result? And also what's your sense of the direction of travel as you leave? I am. I'm very satisfied with the result. My intention was to facilitate this meeting in a way that we have more clarity going forward because without clarity it's very difficult to focus and have a sense of direction i think this week we have achieved a lot more clarity so what will happen next is we've come up with nine strategic priorities for tree rattler worldwide those priorities will be worked up by maybe working groups or areas of the international council with some distinct proposals which we can then take forward our priorities will inform meetings that we have in the future it'll also inform where money goes within Tree Ratna, because Future Dharma is, if you like, a funding arm of the International Council. It fundraises and then it allocates money on the basis, to a great extent, of the priorities of the International Council. Well, now that we have clearer priorities, it's going to be easier for Future Dharma to fund projects. And my belief is that often, that's not just money, but often where money goes, things get done. I'd be really interested to hear how some of the people around the table experience the priorities that we've come up with and what jumps out at you as as most important? Well, I think there has been a good amount of talking about diversity, for example, and also environmental issues. To see them represented there is, in a way, what I find very inspiring and very positive. We are moving as fast as the world is moving. Things are changing really fast, and so we are keeping up with that. It's a nice phrase. We're moving as fast as the world is moving. Mm. We should adopt that as our slogan. Mm, yeah. I have the copyright for that. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's common on the sign there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one that took me by surprise was the one, the way I like to describe it is revitalising the path of responsibility. This has been a, a part of our understanding about what Buddhist practice means since our community was founded more than 50 years ago. The idea that taking responsibility for creating conditions for people to practice is in itself a fundamental and essential Buddhist practice and really wanting to revitalize that idea and support people who are doing that so that it's attractive to do that, so that more people want to do it, um, both for their benefit and also for the benefit of the whole community. So sort of highlighting that and also highlighting the importance of clear pathways of decision-making, I think, could be a real catalyst for development in our community. I'm really glad you unpacked that because the tendency is a shorthand. We've Some of us have been using the word leadership. And as soon as you say leadership, of course, that opens up, well, in a way, the conversation we've just had all week. But you unpacking it at the start is a pathway of really valuing the taking of responsibility and enabling those people to be well-supported and to do their job, like to make yeah. decisions. And those decisions, again, aren't based on power. They're based on something else that's a bit mm. intangible. And one of the things about the meeting was actually like, we actually talked about that. Do we want to use that word? And we thought, we thought yeah, let's use that word. And it was like, actually, maybe we won't use that word. What does that word actually refer to? What does leadership mean in a spiritual community? And those are the kinds of conversations that I've had. So next time that topic comes up, I'll have a better understanding about what it means that will inform those other conversations, which will inevitably arise because I've had them before. And now I feel more confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Tri uh, Ratna as a whole... Uh... We are in a very different phase of men's life now. We don't have Bhante with us now. And the many of the senior order members, they are handing on their responsibilities. So it was good to have a very good clarity about what does it mean? What does it mean by responsibility and what does it mean by taking it? Everybody means collectively are together and Arthavardhan made it very clear 
what does it mean by it i really like that it is one of the lineages of sangarakshita taking on more responsibilities so having more clarity about it and people got some sense of what does it mean so it's good how to train future leaders in order to take better responsibility so i found it very helpful and it was the number one priority wasn't it jai devi i'm not surprised it was the number one priority but it was quite something to see it was kind of number one with a bullet mm-hmm. there were lots of it was a gap between it and the next one very intriguing leadership the word lands very differently for me as a woman of my age race and culture than it will be for you as your gender your culture your race first of all i just i don't find it an easy concept and i didn't want it in actually i wanted collaboration because leadership i have to explain that but reworking and an understanding of that whole concept of leadership i think is going to be very powerful mm. and i i will definitely take that back and i can see more in that area understanding and more working with that concept coming can i pick up on that cuz i think that's really interesting jade and i agree with you i understand i think where you're coming from the word leadership in our community i think there's been an avoidance of that use of that term in our community for some time i think because of that some people have been reluctant to take leadership and i think we need to find a way of talking about it and exploring it so that we can define it in ways that are meaningful and ethical for our community and if we can do that successfully i think there's an opportunity to unblock what have been blockages in the past mm-hmm. and make things flow and actually move things forward in a way that i don't think has been possible yeah. in our community for quite some time yes when you said that jd it reminded me of a bit of the conversation i'd forgotten about which was once we'd sort of got into the whole thing of what does it mean what does leadership mean you had a very helpful model of selfless leadership or a practice of selflessness artavadan There was one bit where we did identify actually that leadership doesn't shut down dissent. In fact, mm. when dissenting voices come in, even after a decision's been made, the responsibility for people in big adverted commas any kind of leadership role is to really listen and mm. to make sure that it's heard. And actually, that's happened a couple of times, right? We seem to be close to decisions and then someone's put their hand up and taken a risk and you can see that it's a risk. And we even had a process today of looking at something done at the last meeting. and then a voice from outside of the meeting coming in and making a really strong principled case that i think everyone in the room took really seriously and it changed our process and i think often that stuff gets left out when we talk about models of leadership people obviously hear power that's a good thing to hear because oh, yes. it's a risk but the place of dissent seemed quite a good balancing mm-hmm. thing no i had an interesting moment because we were trying to come up with a, a phrase that would capture the purpose of the international council what well, more than a phrase a sentence I came up with this phrase I was quite pleased with. And I had a little moment where somebody pointed out that one of the words in the phrase actually wasn't quite right. I had to kind of relinquish it. I thought he's got a point. And it was an interesting little internal process of feeling like okay, I've got to put that down now because actually he's got a point. Uh, yeah. Rather than like sticking to my guns about it because it was my phrase, if you so to mean. And it's quite a common way to work, isn't it? We're coming to the end of the conversation and that is a good place to land it that process just this morning of a whole set of people in a room all you know we practicing trying to relinquish their point of view every time you thought you'd got it somebody else would come in and completely turn yeah. it around so i was feeling satisfied or relieved or we can go over lunch now and then more would come in it was actually quite enjoyable when i got into it i thought oh this is like kind of one mind thing happening a bit where i actually don't need to come up with all the ideas 
it doesn't need to be your words. You know, it's like mm. I trusted what we came up with. Mm. It was remarkable that 30 plus people basically composed a sentence <laughs> together in the same yeah. room. I couldn't quite believe it. We felt like radical artists from the, <laughs> the, the 1920s Berlin or Paris true, or something, yeah. like 20, 30 people composing a sentence. I think the danger in that, the danger that people have expressed to me is you could come up with the lowest common denominator, but I really don't mm. think we did that. No, no I don't think. Has anybody got it written down? Or is it? You want to read it? The International Council brings together the perspectives of those holding key responsibilities across the Triratna community to develop strategy, provide guidance, and enable collaborative decision-making worldwide. Uh, Artifan, do you want to read it again in your convening role? The International Council brings together the perspective of those holding key responsibilities across the Triratna community to develop strategy, provide guidance, and enable collaborative decision-making worldwide. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could finish this by going round and as part of saying a goodbyes, when you go home and someone says, what on earth is the International Council? What do they do? What do you do? How does that feel, Nagakitu? It was one of the issues that communicating what we have been doing within Triratna and outside Triratna. It's very crystal clear now. What does it mean by it? At least for now, we may have some changes in future. But yeah. I'm satisfied with it. And it feels meaningful to it you? It is feeling and meaningful. India. Yeah, yeah. And what we want to achieve through it. Great. Jai Devi? Yeah, I'm very comfortable with that. And hmm. I think the way we came at that together, I think it was very positive and powerful. I think everybody could have input into that. I think it solved a problem that I've had with the International Council where I, I feel and I know that it's valuable, but I haven't been able to communicate that to other people in a way that I feel like they've really got it. And that's been a source of frustration to me. So I feel now I'm clearer about what it is that's essential that we do that in a way doesn't happen in the same way anywhere else in our community. I feel like I can put that across. So I'm quite looking forward to having a go, actually. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, I remember when I joined the International Council that I asked Nagapriya what it was, and he couldn't <laughs> explain it. <laughs> so now I think it gets clear, and like coming from so far, I think it's really relevant to be able to communicate it in a more clear, concise way. And it's also a big responsibility for us no, to, to take it there. Well, I've been working for the International Council nearly two years, and I think now I know what I'm supposed to be doing so I can get on with it. <laughs> and that's a relief. That's great. Well, listen, I'm very grateful to you all for coming. I know an extra session is probably not the, the thing that was top of your list, but I think it's really amazing that we're able actually just to sit around and tell people what just happened. These kind of things can look quite exclusive. You're necessarily on the outside of them. And it's, it's obviously really important that we're not just trying to represent particular groups of individuals, but we're really trying to hold something together of the nature of our community, what it is we're about. Because if we don't do that really well, people won't care. I suspect people listening to you talk about your experience this week will care about it. So thank you very much, Nagaketu. Thank you very much. And Jaya Devi. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for hosting us so well, Chandradasa. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, that's nice to hear. Well, we'll be back soon with another episode as part of this new season of the Buddhist Centre podcast. Look out for the relaunch of the Buddhist Centre Online coming early in 2023, which still feels like sci-fi future, but it's actually only a few months away. We live in 2023. Wow, there must be jetpacks and spaceships. So the Buddhist Centre Online itself will relaunch completely then, but you can keep listening to more episodes of this podcast. You can follow us on YouTube if you like your podcast that way, and we'll see you again soon for another episode. Take care of yourself and your friends. 